Alright. How are you getting on? Hi. Uh, how's, how's your granny for slack? How's your mother-in-law for bloody plumage, man? She got any nice plumage? Check out the fucking plumage on that bird of paradise right now. <laughs> hey, you ever seen Attenborough? Well, you're like a fucking bird of paradise. And so am I. <laughs> this is my, uh... This is my gaff. This is my bird's nest. Okay? <laughs> like, you don't gonna, you're not gonna get the reference unless you've seen Bird of Paradise. Birds of Paradise dancing around. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you know, I'm getting irrationally angry. And I'm not this sort of guy. I'm, look, I'm, this, let, me tell, let me tell you the sort of guy that I'm not, right? I'm not the sort of guy anymore who, you know, misses a bus at 8 a.m. and then goes, typical. You know what I mean? You be one of those people, then you're then you're just, then you're what you're looking for is the patterns of how your life is shit and how things that are not connected are connected. Well, it's not just fucking typical after I spilled me milk. That fucking nah, you know. Was he? Did this chap work in Avonmore as well as be a bus driver? Did he put a weird little fucking screw top on the on the you know the the carton? Right, <laughs> right. So that's not connected. So I'm trying not to be that sort of guy. So when you, I, I, I don't know who it was. Again, I don't remember who it was. So this is my thing that I coined. When you find yourself cursing inanimate objects, then there's a bigger issue, uh, you know, at, at play here, right? Um, like I find myself just getting irrationally angry at like the fucking rug, because uh, I'm, I'm not sleeping as much. So I was sitting there on the couch last night, trying to prop up my screaming son. And then I was like, well, this couch is fucking shit. <laughs> I said to Terry, like, well, this couch is fucking shit. Because it's kind of sunken. <laughs> and I'm like, and you just got to laugh. Well, that's a fucking, I hate how the bowls are stacked. And that you have to, why do we even have these? We only use two plates. So why are we putting the tiny ones on top? We never use them. Do you know what I mean? Irrationally angry. Although, why are we only putting the two? We only use two plates. He doesn't eat from a plate. He eats from a tit. So we only eat from two plates. Yet, Terry is... Uh, let's put all the other plates on top of it. For who? The fucking royal family. When they ever fucking... Not that they'd be ever fucking welcome here. Unless we fucking turn this place into a fucking incubator. <laughs> turn it into a fucking... What do you call it? Perspex Aquarium. <laughs> You're not welcome here. Sorry, we don't serve flies here, uh, v uh, Lizzie. La -la -la. We don't serve flies. We serve homemade pasta. And Terry makes a pretty good pesto out of whatever. Whatever greens she can... She's a great wife. Whatever greens she can muster, you know. No pine nuts? No butter. She might have almonds, you know. Or, or walnuts sometimes, you know. No olive oil. <laughs> well... We might skimp. Um, we might just have to buy. You can't be using vegetable oil, you know. But look, I'm. Get, uh, this is almost the end of my paternity. Uh, my paternity leave. Um, I'm gonna go back. Gonna go back to the grind. I'm gonna go back to the grind. Look, oh, look, this has been great. And look, I'm still doing this. This is the, this is my. Yeah, this is my life. Is this podcast? It goes podcast. Um, PlayStation Four. 
uh, Terry and the child, kind of in a muddled, tired, kind of Gaussian blur <laughs> uh, as as the third thing. Um, <clears throat> so this is a, a priority, but I got to go back to a look. I'm also, I'm, I'm a fucking jack. I'm a jacking off trade. Okay, I'm a jacking off tradesman, right? I I'm a writer, as you know. <laughs> I am a actor, uh, performer, presenter. Sometimes, if you fucking ask me to do it, I'll do it. Is the point? But now I don't need to do that. Now I'm going back with this new revitalized confidence of you know a patronage, you know, of a of a full time podcast that I know I can do from home. That in a worst case scenario, I can still do. And support my family, which is a, which is a great place to be. So I'm gonna go in there, and if it's fucking Avatar two, I'm gonna go in there, fucking whip me fucking lad out, and say, "There's your fucking Navi." I'm gonna be cocky, is what I'm saying. You know, you don't do that. You don't do that anymore. Which, you know, I get. You can't be whipping your lad out. You cannot be whipping your lad out. I mean, you you, you know you you want to go back to you know. Obviously, there's the glory days of whipping at your lad. The glory days of whipping at your lad when it was, you know, transition year as a joke, you know, in class, you know. You'd like whip it like I remember lads were like lads would stuff their dick into the hole of like one of those Pepsi uh, pencil cases. And then you'd open it and be like, oh, hilarious. There's a cock in there. Do you know what I mean? Or we'd, you know, we'd be going around. I said this before on the pod. We'd walk around boners sometimes, like just knocking over people's books with the boners, you know. Um, it really was the land that time forgot was, was my TY year. But, you know, that, that was the glory days. That was when it, w- it wasn't bad, you know. That's not when it was kind of like I'm asserting some level of dominance or putting sexual pressure on you to act upon the fact, you know, we were all frigids then, you know. It was the glory days for cock revelation. I'm glad now that's, you know... You know, been stifled. Well, you know, not stifled, but it's it's been. You know, you know, you don't go send fucking dicks, unsolicited dick pics. You know, any you know anymore. You know, but I will say, look, there is you know there is a difference between an unsolicited dick pic to someone kind of pressuring someone sexually or leaning in that way when it's totally unsolicited and sharing you know a video of you on the lad chat, for example, um, with your balls above the cock. Like, you know, you, you know when you get... If you've never tried this, you can try this. You, you kind of rotate your balls around on top of the cock. So it's kind of a hat. A hat. Um, little googly eyes uh, on a big, you know, uh, on a big, uh, on a big, 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 big nose. Um, <laughs> little googly eyes. You know, average size googly eyes on a fucking larger than average nose. You know, but anyway, either way, you put the balls on top of the cock. And, you know, so there's a difference between an unsolicited dick pic and a video of you doing that, you know, sending to the lad chat, being, you know, my dick's upside down! Help! My fucking dick's upside down! You know, there's a difference between those two things. In my opinion, you know, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, there really were the, the... How did I fucking get onto this? How did I get onto this? Yeah, I'm going back. I'm, I'm being... Uh, my paternity is... Well, not really my paternity. I'm, I'm still going to spend most of my time. I have the luxury of having a very flexible working schedule. Why am I fucking talking like this? <laughs> uh, Gary, I'll give you that one. Why am I talking like that, right? I got, I got a bit more freedom in the job that I do, right? <laughs> a bit more flexibility. So, I've, I, you know, I can... I have a bit more time. 
So I'm gonna, I'm still gonna spend it with with little guy. You know, I get to do that, and I'm enjoying doing that. You know, I've seen him almost crack a smile. You know, I've seen him lift his neck up, and I'm like, oh my god, look at his fucking neck. He's doing it. You know, and it's amazing. So I still want to be able to see all that stuff. Um, but I do need to get out back into the studs, into a new recording studio where I don't have to worry about the fucking hornets out the fucking front on bikes acting like fucking bees or the the bus or just screaming, screaming, screaming kids outside the gaff. He's been pretty good, you know, so and, I, and then hopefully a bit of time away. You know, I'll come back and I won't hate the couch so much. I won't be like, this fucking rug is always catching on the chair, which I'm currently doing, right? So I just need, also, I just need to blow off a bit of steam going out for a couple of pints tonight. As of recording this, the bars are open. I'll let you know, uh, hopefully on the Patreon or maybe in the next uh, week's episode, how I get on in the bars, going back into the bars. My threshold has dropped dramatically. Um, My threshold, you, you know me, you know me. Uh, and my famous songs about talking shite um, after having a couple of pints. So I'm going to have to pace myself. I'm going to do me mammy's rules before going out tonight. I'm going to eat a shitload of potatoes, um, three fucking litres of milk, right? And uh, st- stuff some bread in my pockets for when I'm so- for when I'm getting a bit too drunk, you know? Just ball that up and eat it like an egg. <laughs> That's what we used to do. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, getting a couple of pints in, but not before... I deliver to you, my beloved podcast listeners, this very special edition. Another tournament. Another battle. This week's Tony Cantwell shit show. Chris of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. This Tony Cantwell shit show. Chris of the Titan, M's and Pratt Evans and Pine, gonna make your mind Gonna make that ass go drop trial Clap, 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 clap. Oh, fuck I'm not talking, I was talking about slapping there, right? I wasn't talking about bloody buggering, okay? Oh, bu- oh, bugger <laughs> Oh, oh, bugger I'm after people old, old, old British fan say that Are they literally saying anal sex? Is that what they're saying? Does this fan get good gas mileage? Um is that what they're saying? Oh, bugger. Oh, I was just going to make you a cup of tea, but oh, bugger, run out of tea bags. Anal sex is what they're saying. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. Yeah, that game sucks. You know what I mean? Think about where these things come from. And why are you slagging? It's fine. If you want to put an up there, I don't want to put an up there. I've said this before. I'm not interested in putting an up there. Um, I'm, You know. By the sounds of things, you aren't. I have. I. You would assume, right, uh, that with the nature of podcasts, that people, in some cases, like to catch up from old podcasts. So you would assume that the the oldest podcast that you do would have the highest numbers, right? I think episode three, or I'm not sure what episode. I just entitled it because I had a small part of the podcast podcast when I was talking about how young lads love put, putting stuff up their arse, right, and how that's okay now, right, and I, maybe that's something I need to get over, right, or get under, or get up there. But um, I talked about that, and I talked about just young lads being into ass play, right? And so I called the episode Ass Play. It still now is my least listened to episode, right? And not, you know, 
And the other stuff was just as good, as top drawer as you would have found. Probably better than what you're listening to now, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But, well, no, hang on, Gary. Hey, don't talk to him like that. Thanks, Momoa. Um, hey, don't talk to him like that. Thanks, Colm. T. Wilkinson. Um, listen, yeah, but people didn't want to listen to the ass play. So, you know, I get that. Maybe I should stop talking about it then. <laughs> Rather than trying to unearth some kind of, wow, isn't that interesting about society? Maybe stop talking about stuff and stuff fucking shit up your arse, Tony. Maybe do that. Anyway, speaking of ass play, welcome to Chris of the Titans, Clash of the Titans, in parentheses. Um, a competition. Um... In this, in the spirit of the shit show tournaments of the past, the Eurovision tournaments that we've all we all adored and loved, and this is part one of the tournament. Figure out who is the best Chris in Hollywood. Okay, let me tell you. The, let me tell you who's in here. Let me tell you who's in here. Uh, actually, no, sorry. Let me do, let me just do the fucking build up. Right, this is the this is the competition. This is the current the current brackets as you as you'll hear them. Right. Of course, we've got the four big lads, but they've got some tough competition. Actually, let me just break this down for a second. Let me hang on. Hold, hold, hold the fucking phone here. I'm getting excited. I have the four big names in here, the four big Chris's, the four holy Chris's, okay? But I didn't want to just talk about the four Chris's. I wanted to give them some competition to prove that these are the four top dogs in Hollywood, right? So I went into the top 20 Chris's, according to some list online, and then I put them in a randomizer, and four of them have made it into this very competition, right? Four of the top 20 are in to compete against the other Chris's. We could have some major upsets. These are the bottom, some of the bottom ranked seeds in the top 20 Chris's that I found online, right? So that's going to be their competition. So here we go. Here we go. First off, it's the Soap Star Scrap as Home and Away's Chris Hemsworth takes on Luke from the OC, Chris Carmack. You better lather up your cunts. It's going to be a soapy one. Then it's the Supernova Skirmish as Nova from American Pie, Chris Klein, takes on Nova Corps ally Star-Lord, Chris Pratt. And I'm pretty sure they're both Christian too, unfortunately. Then it's Detective James Carter, Chris Tucker, versus Captain America, Chris Evans, in a bro-tect-and-serve scramble. You won't want to defund this. Uh, and then it's Patrick Batman versus James T. Kirk in a comic con chaos that'll have all the freaks in Hall H creaming their cargo shorts. In this, the Chris of the Titans. So, so we have the top four Chris's, right? We have the top four Chris's. We know who they are, right? It's Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Chris Pine, and Chris Pratt. This competition stems from an argument, an actual argument I had with my wife over who was a better Chris, Chris Pine or Chris Evans. So much so we genuinely fell out over about three days and we were both crying, right? <laughs> so them as well as Hems and Pratt are in this. As well as that, in the top 20, some ranking, ranking higher than others. In the top 20, Chris, it's a list, I, a list I found online. You also have Chris Klein, who played Oz, a.k.a. Nova, in American Pie. You've got Chris Bale. That was Patrick Batman. Did I say that? Ah, whatever. Patrick Batman. Um, Patrick Whitman, a.k.a. Batman. Uh, Chris Chin Bale is in this as well. He would be a higher-ranked Chris, in my opinion. We might see some upsets. As well as that, Chris Tucker. Chris fucking Tucker's in this. Uh, so that'll be very exciting. Uh, and Chris Carmack from the OC, my front runner, Luke from the OC, uh, in this the Battle of the Chris's. Well, look, this is seven contests. We got the four to get through to the semis. This is the semis. 
And then it'll be the quarter. No, whatever. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Just get on with it. I told you, we're doing this live. Fucking raw from the Shire. We've got tiny windows in which to do this, right? So here, anyway. Here we go. First contest. We have, okay? The first contest is Hems v. Carms in the Soap Star Scrap. Famously, Chris Hemsworth, known as the known for his role as Kim in... Uh, it was a woman's name. It's a fucking woman's name. Uh, Kim in uh, Home and Away. And Luke from the OC. Real name, Chris Carmack, right? So here we go. Look, I think to be oh also, this is this this is the fucking this is the fucking creamiest part of the crop is that the opponents are gonna be facing off in four categories. The four C's. The four C's that define a man, in my opinion. Charm. What kind of characters do you do? Comedy, that's different from both of those. And chest, uh, if you if you've got a big uh, or a nice chest. So um so this, so they will each competitor will be competing off in this. We have a fifth C if it comes to it. Hopefully, we will have a nice clean competition. You know, hopefully decisions can be made. We won't have to resort to the wild card fifth C uh, in the, the the deciding factor here. So look, let's. So Chris Carmack and Chris Chris Hemsworth. Um, you know, it's a serious competition uh, there. You know, obviously you've got Thor. And the chap who played Luke from the OC. So, look, I'll give Chris Carmack, right? You might remember Luke from the OC, right? Opening episode of the OC. Ryan Atwood. Tough tough Aryan from Chino rocks up in Newport. Um, and he's staying with the Coens, right? He starts cracking on to, to the next-door neighbor of Seth Cohen, Marissa. Marissa Cooper, right? She's She has a boyfriend. She's had from the fifth grade. And... He starts fucking cracking on. Like, I mean, I, I look, Luke's supposed to be the, the enemy here, you know? And it doesn't really help, but he rocks up, sparks out Atwood, and is all, Welcome to the OC, bitch. This is how we do things in Orange County. Yo, bitch. Welcome to the OC, bitch. Remember that? So, um, Luke is Marissa's overbearing um, boyfriend, right? Um, also, do you remember in the OC uh, when Marissa had, like, a drinking problem? And that was, like, a big... That was a big, oh, Marissa, oh, she's got a drinking problem. She's literally going down to the beach, drinking a nagging. And the way the music, the music is fucking playing, playing like fucking Eva Cassidy or some shit, make us feel like, oh, my God, this is really sad, you know. Literally taking a sips over nagging on the beach. If you replaced Eva Cassidy with fucking Gigi Destino, that'd be like a serious session, a solo session in Tremor. Do, 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 do. You'd be like, oh, that's a fucking, that's the life that I want that she's having there, right? So I'm not fucking having any of that. Um, anyway, so Luke, um, I, I look. I used to love the OC. I love the OC. I'll give you a bit of a uh, brief history on Luke. Um, I mean, it got it got really shit. Like it got really shit. The first season of the OC was just so great, so great, best show on TV. Um, I don't know. I loved it. It was like proper, like sexually charged. I had like good music in it. You know, it was so dramatic. Like this is this is the brief history of Luke. In just season one of this fucking show, right? He's dating Marissa. Ryan rocks up. We're meant to believe he's from a rough neighborhood. And so, you know, I don't necessarily blame Luke. He should know better. He should try and educate himself about different areas so that he doesn't automatically believe what his parents tell him about rough areas. Do you know what I mean? He shouldn't just be like, oh, my God, this guy came from Chino. So now, has anyone seen the OC? Have you seen the OC? You remember the OC, right? 
So he shouldn't be like, oh, this kid's from Chino, so I'm threatened by him. But he would probably be led to believe because of his society and cotillion and all this fucking shit that he did, all his fucking debs, you know, debutante balls that he used to fucking go to, that he assumes this kid is fucking rough. Also, the kid stole a car, so he is a bit rough. So he has every right to fucking think that he, you know, this guy. So a guy rocks up, he stole a fucking car, right? Now, obviously, I've talked to you about, you know, circumstance and that that might not necessarily indicate you're a bad person, but whatever, this guy's threatened. And then he moves in next door to his fucking bird. No wonder he gets fucking sparked out. Absolutely welcome to the OC, bitch. I also thought, he's also staring all the time. Ryan's always just fucking staring all the time. Creep. Sandy Cohn is a fucking, that's negligent, bringing him into your home. Um, but it's great that he did. You know, we got some great seasons out of it. And it's, you know, um, it's not negligent. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, you give it, give it, get a chance. Do you know what I mean? But you know what I mean? Anyway. Um, so, um, so anyway, Luke, right, later uh, cheats on Marissa in Tijuana after taking her virginity, right? Then she ODs, the OD, right? The OC. Yeah. Uh, she ODs on pills. He finds out his dad is gay. He rides Marissa's mam and gets in a car accident. That's all in the first season. So Chris Carmack had to show a lot of variety there. He had to show anger in being Ryan, Ryan Atwood. He had to show um, Smolder, which he didn't, very unsuccessfully, in, in uh, cracking onto two birds. Um, he had to show shock in finding out that his dad was gay. Um, and he had to look like he was sore when he was in the accident. So, do you know what I mean? So he's a very good actor, Chris Carmack, from the O.C., um, if you've never seen him, he's kind of like um, he's kind of like an Amber Crombie, Buzz Al- Buzz Buzz Lightyear, um, not Buzz Aldrin. I tell you, I'd love to, I'd love to be one of those guys, Buzz Aldrin, be like, you never landed on the moon, you cunt. I'm sure if we got your booze, we'd be picking out the cheese. You never got on the moon, <laughs> you know. Did you ever see him fucking spark that guy out for saying he never went on the moon? Um, third man, Michael Collins, uh, never went on the moon. Had to fucking sit and had to sit in the had to wait in the, in the naughty step on the on the lunar lander wasn't allowed on the moon. Bloody and you don't, you, don't, you don't tell me there's no fucking don't tell me there's no fucking Irish don't tell me there's no fucking uh, Irish what do you call them? fucking discrimination don't you don't talk to me about Irish discrimination they wouldn't let cons on the fucking moon. Um. I'm joking, I'm joking. There is no Irish discrimination. Not really anymore. We can't be... Uh, one, look, focus here, right? Um, <clears throat> what was I saying? Yeah, Luke looks like a kind of Abercrombie buzz light year. Um, but um, he's doing other bits now. He's in Grey's Anatomy now. Uh, he was in uh, The Butterfly Effect 3. If you're wondering, Chris Carmack, that's what he's been up to. And I used to love the OC. People used to say I was a bit like Seth Cohen, right? Calm down here, right? People used to say I was a bit like Seth Cohen, the the geeky one. And you know what, right? I am going to say here, Seth Cohen, Adam Brody, did a lot for geek uh, popularity and acceptance. And not in the kind of way, like, obviously then I had people like, look, I'm a geek too. Look, I'm a bit of a nerd as well. You know, know, I've seen X-Men once. You know, I'm a bit of a nerd. You know, I'm, uh, you know, but that's, there's been fucking bits, a million and one bits done about people who are on the kind of fringes, you know, I probably in the grand scheme of things would have been a bit of a fringe geek, a fringe nerd. But what it did do is give a lot of acceptance for, for, for geeks to hang out with people who, you know, who are fairly, you know, basic bees, geeks like me hanging out with basic bees, you know, who are into their sports or whatever, you know, so that allowed me feel more comfortable hanging out. Not that I was, but it, it prevented me it, to see a, a popular geek 
meant that I didn't go down the route that a lot of people go down where you're like, well, now I'm so into the geek culture that I'm now going to try and alienate myself even further to act as if this thing that I'm into, like fucking, you know, this weird fucking anime that I'm into, I only get because I'm a certain type of intelligence, which means that I'm kind of better than the person who, you know, doesn't want to get into it. You know, geeks who make things sound really convoluted just so they seem to want to complicate things so that you don't get them, so that you won't ever get them and they don't belong to you. Like lads are like, yeah, Batman, he's, he's kind of like this, you know, uh, Noctilianine detective, you know. Noctilianine is the fancy canine word kind of thing for, for bats, you know. He's kind of like an arachnid uh, man, you know. Like, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Stop trying to make it complicated to try and seem like I can't get it. Do you know what I mean? Just. So Seth Cohen was kind of like, yeah, he's just kind of a handsome guy into his comics, also into other stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's just an approachable geek, you know. And, you know, he made, oh, my God, you're like, and, and to have like a fucking, you know, a totally in on themselves. This is not me, but I imagine it happened for other people. Like an in on themselves, um, like Jewish kid in America, deep into like geek culture, maybe quite antisocial, probably had a girl at some point say, you know, you're really like that hot guy, Seth Cohen on TV. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll take it. But also, do you know about fucking the Noctilionine detective? Batman? Um, you know, the chaps who could just literally like they speak with a, th- a thesaurus, you know, it's like, let me take out a thesaurus, find the least popular word for the word that I'm trying to say just to fucking, you know, so Seth Cohen came along, you know, starts cohabitating with these kind of basic bees, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, do you know, yeah, whatever. He's like, yeah, you should read Cavalier and Clay. It's a good book, you know. Um, so Chris Carmack was Luke in that. As you can see, I'm fucking running out of stuff to say about Chris Carmack, right? You're fucking, you should be fucking licking my cheese boots, my lunar cheese boots, Chris Carmack, to even be into this competition, right? Having said that, well, how does he fare against Chris Hemsworth? The specimen. Chris Hemsworth is a fucking specimen. He, I watched Extraction the other night. Oh my God, he is so fucking good. I would actually have to say in Extraction, this is not a full review, but in Extraction, I think better gunplay than John Wick, Imho, right? Better gunplay than John Wick, Imho, in my humble opinion. Um, I thought he was excellent in it. I liked seeing the kind of gritty. It's also a proper 18s action flick like it's exactly what me and Terry were talking about the other day of like where is the good stuff give me the fu- and and the fact that it's I saw it was criticised online for being excessively violent well do you know what reviewer don't see it don't see it then if you don't like it don't go see it if you don't like it that's what I love to say to fucking movie reviewers people in the Irish Times being like I tell you some of the fucking reviewers in the Irish Times are little thesaurus boys little fucking thesaurus boys you know, it was kind of like, I can't even fucking think because I'm not smart enough. But you know what I mean? The way they talk sometimes. It's like, that's not how I talk. Good you got a job out of it. But that's not how people talk, okay? You know, I don't I don't mind fucking laying that down here specifically. But people, I was, it was very reminiscent of, when people say it was very reminiscent of, it's kind of, rather than saying, that remind me of, that, you know, your man, that rem- it was very reminiscent of, it's kind of like, well, no, that's just what it was. It just was very reminiscent of the Matrix or whatever. They'd be saying something way smarter than that. It was very reminiscent of the Matrix. Rather than saying, yeah, reminding me of that flick, the Matrix, which is how a normal person talks. Very reminiscent of, um, you know, it was, it is reminiscent of. That's exactly what they were going for. Rather than being like, I don't know what he was going for, reminded me of the Matrix, right? Saw Blade. It was very, it reminded me of the Matrix. Even though it happened before the Matrix. You know what I mean? Whatever. 
Um, but anyway, um, he's a fucking specimen. Yeah, movie reviewers. If you do, um, I thought it was a bit too long. Don't go see it then. Don't go see it. Don't go see it. Right. Yeah, I liked Funny People. I'm a big fan of Apatow's other work. Funny People was a bit too long. Don't go see it then. Do you know what I mean? Simple. <laughs> Stop seeing movies then. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was writing to the Irish Times. Look, can you just tell your reviewers if they don't like it, don't go see it. You know what I mean? Don't go see it then. <laughs> so, you know, if you liked it, great. Tell me what you liked about it. Just don't go see it if you didn't like it. You know? I thought I thought there was an excessive use of language. I thought Tarantino's excessive use of the word fuck. Well, don't go see it then. Do you know what I mean? Just watch something else. Watch fucking Mickey Mouse. <laughs> right? Watch Mickey Mouse. Um, whatever. <clears throat> but people were criticizing it being excessively violent, you know. Which I don't understand how do you you know. I mean, I know I'm critical of uh, you could fucking I've got six hours of podcasts on the Star Wars prequels, right? But again, I'm talking about the Thesaurus boys. You know, or to to fucking Tesaurus Rex in the Irish Times. I'm not having to go at anyone specifically, and I don't mean the Irish Times. I probably mean like the fucking, you know, you know, fucking just big. Anyway, language on me, language on me. I'm gonna move on. Uh, Hems, right? He's an absolute specimen, right? And um, look, I mean, if we're looking at the four C's here, I could talk about Hems a little bit more, or I could just fucking break it down the four C's here, right? Charm. Hems as good as it fucking gets. Literally, they did not realize what they had. They had this Thor character, right? And this whole god shit. Kenneth Branagh was fucking twiddling his dick. Didn't even know what to be doing with him, right? And then they realized Joss Whedon had to bring the best out of this fella. Realized he's funny. Had to give him that line of like, um, you know, hey, that's my brother you're talking about. He just killed hundreds of people. He's adopted, you know. Realizing that this is not, I'm not having a go. I'm not having a go here, right? But Amanda Handsome. Likely is, if he was American, wouldn't be as funny. And I'm not having a go, right? I'm not having a go. Aussies are gas. Aussies are funny guys. You can be deceptively striking and gas if you're an Aussie. Likely doesn't work the same, unfortunately, for the Americans. So they're like looking at this guy and they're looking at this fucking specimen, this hunk. And they're like, I, you know, well, he's Thor. Look at his arms. And he's very good at doing a kind of voice. And, you know, and he's very good at being sad. You know, we saw that in his role as uh, George Kirk. Is that George? Uh, James T. Kirk's father in Star Wars, in Star Trek. Fucking hell, that really stings when I say... Even even though it was just me getting a Star Wars, Star Trek wrong there. Ooh, that's like fucking Seth Cohen would be bloody doing backflips, pointing and jeering at me, right? For, for even slipping up like that. So, you want to talk about charm? Hems, as fucking good as it gets. Like, he is just so charming... Um, I'm going to count down a little bit here, right? I think he wins. I think he wins on charm. Uh, Carmack is not very charming. He doesn't play characters that are particularly charming. As I said, he looks fucking chiseled out of fucking... Fucking chiseled out of fucking... I need to fucking rein... I need to rein in the language. Why do I do that? Why? Like, later on I have Christian Bale, right? And his rant, you know... Like, people would talk about this podcast, and, and they sorry, Christian Bale's rant, right, from Terminator, was called an expletive-laden, you know, uh, rant. An expletive-laden rant. This would be considered an expletive-laden podcast. So I'm going to try and rein it in as much as I can. So Chris Carmack, um, yeah, look, he's, you know, he's not winning any charm awards. 
in which in this case uh next characters okay come on characters all right you got luke and your man in in uh in in uh gray's anatomy he's in gray's anatomy now he played some other fella in butterfly effect i'm just gonna crack out the old imdb here hang on talk amongst yourselves there for a second there um I'm just going to get... No, not you, Chris Carmack. Um, I mean, come on. you got Thor. You've got... I mean, look, I'll say... I will say he probably isn't the strongest in this competition with characters, right? But going in order of his characters... Kim Hyde in Home and Away, I didn't see it. I think he does a very good... A very... With a very little medium that he's given in Star Trek. The, the, the JJ uh, Star Trek, which... Is a JJ flick I love, and I'm not saying I don't like JJ flicks, right? He's a good, he's good in in, in that in the the reboot, and I really love, I really dug that, right? And I know I said on a previous pod that Star Trek does not space battles not belong in Star Trek. They've always fit in the films, right? But I thought I loved that, and I loved what they did. I thought that was one of the most, the cleverest soft reboots. That's when that, that blew my mind of what a soft reboot could be was that Star Trek flick, and I thought that his. The fact that they, they mess with the timeline, but it's an alternate, you know, that's genius. It's fantastic. Let's just get it going again, paying complete homage. It doesn't change anything. It also, only because it worked, though, I'd say, right? Because if it didn't work, people would have been like, I don't want that living in the same world as Leonard Nimoy. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, he's good as James T. Kirk's father in the brief scene where they get they get exploded. Spoiler alert, you know. Um, they even make a little funny joke about um, J- uh, Kirk's middle name, Tiberius. They're like, is your name after your father? You know, Tiberius. <laughs> you know, and that was, he was just straight out of home and away. I thought he was great in that, right? Uh, Thor, obviously, he's good. Cabin in the Woods, which he actually shot before Star Trek. He's great in that. He plays the jock, Kurt. He's awesome in that, right? Uh, he plays the Huntsman, Snow White and the Huntsman. Never seen it. He's in Red Dawn. Never seen it. He's great again in uh, Into Darkness in his little cameo there. He's great in Rush. I loved him in Rush. thought Rush was a great film. Uh, where he's um, Nick Hathaway. No, that's not Nick Hathaway. That's a different film. Uh, who is he in Rush? James Hunt. Of course, James Hunt. Uh, I loved him in The Heart of the Sea. That Moby Dick flick. Um, Owen Chase, you know, not a great film. Thought he was good. I thought he fucking smashed it out of box in Ghostbusters as Kevin, right? These are not the strongest characters. This is not a Bale repertoire, shall we say. Um but the ones he does, he's good. And I'll tell you something else. Him as bloody Tyler Rake in Extraction. Tyler Rake is up there with a John Wick's Imho, right? All I'm saying. I thought it was great. Um, I don't want to fucking big it up too much. You know, I, it was surprisingly good um, and authentic. It's uh, directed by, written by one of the Russo brothers. Um, directed by the head stunt coordinator on both Avengers flicks, right? So the stunts are fucking unreal. Proper violent, proper R-rated uh, some interesting twists, some you know, you know, some fairly obvious. The story isn't great, but you know, and it's proper gritty on location. Some of the shots look absolutely incredible. I was very impressed. He's also going to be playing Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea in the next Hulk flick. So in terms of characters, Hems is getting the V, uh, the W on that. Uh, comedy, look, you got to give it to Hems. Hems smashed it out of park in a Ghostbusters flick. And look, a lot of people shit on the Ghostbusters flick. I think they were dealt such a bad hand by um, Paul Feig in that flick. I think you literally had... They, what they tried to do, they went down the exact right route of this, which is like, Ghostbusters shouldn't make sense, right? Um, if you look... Um, I don't remember what Red Letter Media video on YouTube it was, but they talked about it a lot extensively in Ghostbusters. I think Ghostbusters 2, they have a review of. Or um, 
and they kind of are slagging it off, which I it was news to me that it was ever a bad film, Ghostbusters 2. But then in retrospect, you're like, oh, no, wait, it's actually the exact same as Ghostbusters 1. I, I didn't realize it. I lo- it. It belongs. It sits in my heart just because I love Ghostbusters so much uh, in the kind of same in the exact same little 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 pod. It's, <laughs> it's about the boats sit there in the same little pod in my heart. Right. But um, what a fucking life. I'm just literally here talking about Ghostbusters. Um but they they do they they break it down about why it worked and why exactly why it worked and essentially why it worked was the characters was just the the melding of characters the fact that the fact that Dan Aykroyd himself wrote it and he's mad into the occult you know the fact that that, that Bill Murray really, really didn't want to be in it and it, it shows but it, it looks just it looks great because he's so like I really couldn't give a fuck about these ghosts and that works so you really have these actors in the height of their comedy chops right. That's not the best, but they're in the height of their, uh, in the height of their fame, in the height of their uh, ability, in a ridiculous, wacky adventure with some pretty cool special effects, with a fucking incredible director. You know, it's just, just, a, it's just a fun, a fun romp, right? So Paul Feig tries to do something similar. You know, has the success of Bridesmaids, and actually gets outside of this. Uh, you know. I'm not fucking abiding by this fucking all girl this or anything like that or having to fucking rewrite it as all girls or anything like that without that even being you know included here with Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, you know, four of the best comedy actors at that time collectively together and trying to you know trying to recreate that kind of SNL side of things as well, you know, trying to recreate that um, and it didn't work. And I think Paul Feig is, is the man to blame. You know, it's just a swing and it's a miss. And there's just far too much of attempted improv. The script just is not fun. Is not funny. The script is just not funny. And how you and how how you convince Bill Murray to come back for a cameo. It's the only unfunny Bill Murray performance I've ever seen. The only unfunny. And that includes fucking like Zombieland 2, you know. I mean, he's fucking great and everything. So, and and bring all these, and bring, why bring the actors back when they don't, like, I'm not going to shit on Ghostbusters because, you know, it's just, it just, the script wasn't great. And then unfortunately, what you end up doing is putting so much pressure on the actors to improv good lines of dialogue. Having said that, we're not talking about this here, right? Well, let me just finish this one point. Having to, having to improv, which I think is where you have that fucking, you know, the dumplings thing that, 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 Melissa McCarthy's trying to do of her not getting much dumplings or something like that. That seems like improv. All the things just go on too long and back and forth. And there was just too much, I think, put on the actors to deliver the funny of a script that wasn't delivering it for them, right? Bridesmaids is a genius script and it's expertly acted because there's an investment in it and they knew it inside and out. Ghostbusters, they didn't know that. They didn't even know who these characters are. We don't know who these characters are, right? And the adventure's already too wacky, you know? And also, I don't like the fact that Melissa McCarthy and Kirsten Wiig are both this kind of straight person here. You have Melissa McCarthy who goes, and she's always big and brash and fucking larger than life. Literally, like, her cameo or her appearance in uh, This Is 40 as, like, the kid's uh, mother who's, like, fighting with um, Leslie Mann and Paul Rudd is, like, that character which they took and then used in Bridesmaids, that kind of loud and brash character. She has variety as well. You know, Spy, she's brilliant in as well. You know, she has a lot of variety in the characters she does, but that kind of straight character was too close to Kirsten Wiig's character, in my opinion. You know, Leslie Jones was a kind of crazy character. Kate McKinnon was a crazy character. There was just uh, fucking. Anyway, we're not talking about that, right? Like, I think Chris Hemsworth is funny in it. He has a lot of, he's a few clangers, but he's got enough jokes in, out there that you also, I mean, he gets, he, 
it seems funnier because he's not a he's not at the time known as kind of a comedy actor. You know, we hadn't had the other Thor, right? We'd kind of seen a few funny bits. We didn't really know the capabilities. So it's like, oh, shit, he's actually quite funny in this, you know? You know, anyway. I think he's, I think he's funny, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, I feel so bad for the Ghostbusters, though. I feel so bad for that cast. Because um, it is not... It is not a gender thing at all. It is not a gender thing at all. Paul Fee dropped the ball. The man dropped the ball. If you want to fucking point point any blame, the blame is entirely a Paul Feig. But it isn't a gender thing. It's just the script isn't very funny. And the director couldn't generate enough comedy out of it because it's already too fucking insane. It's too fucking wacky. Anyway. Jeez, um, 40 minutes in and I'm only the first scrap. Okay, right, right. Okay, so uh, Hems wins. Uh, Hems wins comedy. Look, he wins chest as well, right? Luke's is all right. Well, it's not not really for me. You know, I'm not really into that sort of look. You know, although fucking, he he just looks American. You know, your man Chris Carmack. He just looks American. Like it really is, and the fact that like, how do people look American when it's exclusively, you know, immigrants? Like it's exclusively a continent, or an almost, you know ginormous landmass of of immigrants so how do people look this fucking quote-unquote traditional american these fucking jacked it is proper big fish stuff over there literally like you send over all the irish the lake is so big the fish get bigger and then 90 years later those irish immigrants are like yo how you doing my name's fucking truck o'shaughnessy yeah i'm irish the name's truck o'shaughnessy this is my little brother fucking belt this is my brother belt o'shaughnessy you know those money monoslavic names. Um, so congratulations, Chris Hemsworth. You are through to the semi-finals. Okay, next up we have Chris Klein versus Chris Pratt. This is gonna be interesting. Chris Klein, Oz from American Pie. Oz Striker! Uh, one of the only characters not to be involved in any I mean, it's all really kind of harassment. All of American Pie's dodge, you know. He's probably the least, because he's. He, it seems like he actually has a, um, you know, he's the character that is kind of like the sports person, the kind of person that would be, I mean, you don't want to assume, you know, but he's probably the most likely to be involved. Not because of sports, that's not the reason, but he's kind of like, he doesn't seem like the most intelligent. He doesn't seem like the most in touch with his feelings. At the start of the film, he has that line where he's like, suck me, beautiful. So he doesn't seem like he's in touch with, you know, consent and, and that sort of thing. Nothing to do with the sports, you know. But um, he actually does have a, he does turn around at the end. At the end, he gets the ride with someone who he clearly is interested in, you know, and doesn't tell the lads. He doesn't kiss and tell, you know. Um, but they're all fucking, all these lads are in the firing line when it comes to sexual harassment. You have Jim. I'm not even having to go with him fucking a pie. As you know, famously, I fuck to tell. I can't throw stones, right? I fuck to tell one time. Whatever. Get over it, right? The thing about fucking a tell is the cleanup's already done, right? He then records a woman getting changed in the room, broadcasts it live, right? Lock this motherfucker up now. Throw away the key. You can't be doing that. That is shocking behavior, right? And then he also walks in on Nadia getting changed in his own home. So that's... You have to realize where Nadia's coming from here, right? She goes over, thinks she's in a safe place, right? As soon as he... She doesn't even know he's been, she's been recorded. As soon as he walks in there, into his bedroom, she's like, this is a more difficult situation for her to leave. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, can you leave? This is... There's there's an energy there. There's a different, you know... And then she... Is she pressured into this situation? Because he's pressured into, you know... 
she's like, you know, I was watching you. I was watching you. He was fucking saying, you know, I fucking saw you friggin', you know. So, Jim, uh-uh, you're a rapist. Kevin, right? He's the only one who has a bird to begin with, but he is pressuring this girl for a long time. And he's talking shit about her behind her back, right? He says later on, he says in the flick, enough of this third base shit. I want to get laid. Kevin is a loser. I've never liked Kevin in this flick. Kevin is your man who's like a, ki- a kid in King Arthur's court or whatever, like that rookie of the year or whatever it is. You know, him and that, where he had that, he had that kind of, he had that kind of uh, elastic arm. And it's a kid ends up playing in the in the major league. Anyway, he's a fucking loser, and he pressures Tara Reid. And he's obviously saw what happened to Tara Reid after that. So Kevin, how dare you censor, right? Uh, Finch, this is a bit of a weird one. This chap gets raped to spite Stifler. Imagine that. He he basically gets involved in statutory rape. You know, maybe does he? You know, well, whatever. You know, he shouldn't be having sex. He has obviously Stifler's mom rides him. Right, she's too old. That is statutory rape, right? So let's just fucking call a spade a spade. But he goes into that willingly because he knows it's Stifler's mom. So he's kind of like, literally, he gets fucking. He does a bit of spite rape, rape, rape. Ah, and he stops saying rape. It's not funny. I don't like it. Um, and Oz as well. Obviously, the start of the flick. You know, he's like suck me beautiful. But then he also does a bit of a soft boy thing, infiltrates the jazz choir. You know, a group who obviously, if they're doing fucking jazz choir, have a, they're a bit tapped. Do you know what I mean? Have a few things wrong with them, um, you know, or are probably not used to being approached. You know, easy targets essentially. You know, if you're in a jazz choir, you know. Uh, so he does. He does. So Chris Klein, you know, <laughs> no, this is to do with Chris Klein. I only know him from American Pie. That's why I'm talking about it so much. You know, uh, and he's decent in election. He's really decent in Affleck election. He also, if, if if Chris Klein was like just just to act in election, you would and and to look at that role in isolation of him just being like this kind of like lovable, just kind of plodding along, just kind of fairly fairly innocent lad. It would be like this genius piece, you know. But then in other flicks, it's just kind of this echoes of the same kind of thing that he's a kind of you know hmm, kind of eh, likable guy, hmm, you know. Um, and I don't like him later. He's not funny. Like, I don't like him in these flicks. I don't like Kevin. I don't like uh, Oz. Um, you know, I like I like seeing that they have, you know, they're, they're mates. It was nice seeing a bunch of lads, teenage lads, hanging out, you know. And to be to be fair, at the time, you know, I was as horny as they were, you know. I now know you don't. There's some, the stuff you don't do. The stuff you do, you don't do, you know. And they, they you know, it doesn't hold up. Interesting fact, Eugene Levy improvised most of the lines because he thought that the lines written for Jim's dad were shit. He thought they were shite. So he uh, improvised them. So that's 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 as much that's as much as you'll get from uh, from me on uh, and Chris Klein. Hang on, do a bit of trivia here. No, I'm not arsed. Anyway, um so Chris Klein, Nova. So I like the little connection there, Nova, as they called, as he used to call himself in the the start in the first five minutes of American Pie, and drops it really quick. Um, against Nova Corps ally in space, Chris Pratt, right? Um, I mean, look, I, I'm a, I'm a Chris I'm a Chris Pratt guy, right? I think he's great. He's the beef, but he's also the cheese. Do you know, a little, a little laugh. He's he's a proper quarter pounder, this motherfucker, right? He's funny. He's charming. You know, he endeared to the to the world by you know marrying you know comedy queen Anna Faris, who we all love. You know, uh, and then we we all fell in love with him as Andy in Parks and Rec. If you haven't seen that, it's fucking brilliant. His outtakes in Parks and Rec are the best outtakes. They're the best outtakes online, right? 
him and Ashton Kutcher kind of have Ashton Kutcher, you know, as Kelso. I heard him talking about, you know, him not necessarily coming from a place of comedy, but in the 70s show, he was just like, this is his first like acting job. And he's like, I am going to commit. Like, I am just going to commit to every single bit. No, hang on. Topher Grace said it on WTF about Ashton Kutcher. He said he came in and he literally he would just commit to absolutely everything. It was actually quite inspiring. I reckon that Chris Pratt's got a similar vibe. He's like, you will not fucking outcommit me on a bit. He's even said that to do a proper fall for comedy, you have to really hurt yourself. And so he's willingly, like, when he falls and throws himself on the floor, like, he's willingly, like, properly injuring himself, you know? And I don't buy the whole fat-to-fit thing. Look, this guy's a fucking wrestler, right? This guy played football. Don't give me that shit that he lost away for Guardians. He was just let himself go a little bit for Parks and Rec. This is not some fat-to-fit thing. This is not like anyone can fucking turn to Chris Pratt. He is a genetic specimen, right? Um, And I will say as well, you know, it meant, you know, I would say him as Star-Lord in the whole Guardians franchise is likely one of the most important moves Marvel made when it came to making the MCU thing work, like properly work. Like I remember when they first said they were going to pile all these flicks together and you're used to a superhero team up, right? They're always shy. Not always. Obviously comics, you might have Civil War or, you know, Dark Knight Returns. But what you do tend to get when it's a load of superheroes meeting up for the first time is they just all get kind of diluted. They all get depleted. Spider-Man's less funny. Daredevil's less dour. Punisher's less violent. Wolverine is less tough. You know, they all kind of have to deplete for the sake of the story, which is why it is a screenwriting marvel. Hey, pardon the pun. All these flicks and how well they fit together, especially especially Infinity War um, and uh, like all those kind of ties coming together. But um, so when they said they were going to make an Avengers flick, you know, I was like, all right, cute, right? Cute. Right? You're making an Avengers flick. Right. Cute. Right. Let's see how I see what happens. Yeah, it might be fun to see them together. Right. It might be fun. I like the guys, you know, but then you go see it and you're like, no, hang on. That's the same fucking cap from his flick. That is the same Tony Stark from his flick. This Thor who we're kind of getting to know. Yeah, he's not great, but this is the same Thor. Actually, no, this is a better Thor. And how about there's a better Hulk and they're all coming together and a better Loki. Right. And you're just like, they're actually they're actually doing it. They've actually fit all these parts together, you know? Um, and a pretty badass intro of Black Widow, like a proper intro of Black Widow, you know? So it, it kind of fit. So I wasn't expecting that. But then it's kind of like, all right, well, we've seen that. Avengers 2, in my opinion, is a bit of a clanger, right? And I don't know, how do you how do you make it a clanger? How do you make a, a super intelligent, you know, uh, AI voiced by James Spader, quoting Pinocchio, uh, uh, you know, a clanger. It just doesn't work for me. Don't know what it is. Once they go off to that, you know, was it Sokovia or whatever? I don't know. Just didn't work for me. And I didn't get the same excitement. I'm all seeing all the characters come together and actually see them being enhanced by their other characters. Something that the DC obviously wasn't able to do. And how they fucked up Wonder Woman, right? Wonder Woman's a solid flick, right? And then to go into um, Batman v Superman and all she is is just fucking eye candy, especially Justice League, where I think they actually hiked up her skirt like fucking five inches. Just ridic, right? Just didn't, didn't, you know. It's just that's not what she's about. You know what I mean? I don't even know what she's about because they're all very underdeveloped characters. But anyway, sure. When they brought in Guardians, it's like, how are they going to do this? They're introducing space. They're introducing the universe. This is going to be the most convoluted. The, those were the episodes of the X Men. T, you know, um, like the kind of Dark Phoenix stuff. I don't. I'm not mad into that. I'm not mad into all the kind of crazy Nova Core and you know. I'm not mad into the Marvel space stuff. 
I always thought it got too complicated. Whenever you'd read it in the comics, it'd be like these massive boxes down at the corner being like, well, these are these creatures that mean this, this, and this. And you'd spend more time reading the kind of explainer things about them. They don't really do that in comics anymore, kind of like these boxes that re- reference, that explain the references that the, that the, the heroes are talking about. Anyway. I thought space is going to be so convoluted, but what do they do? All they give you is just some cool, badass characters, barely an origin story. They don't give any exposition. They're just like, that's a green guy. That's a gray guy, you know, or a green girl. That's a that's a fucking raccoon. And that's just like, they just did it perfectly. Like, they did exactly what you should do in space, where it's just like, space is cool because it looks cool. You don't need to go, you know, like... The first Star Wars didn't have, you know, oh no, R2, we've landed on fucking Tatooine. This is a planet outside of the Empire run by the Huts. You don't need to know all that. You just have, you know, just what's needed. Obi-Wan saying, Mos Eisley, fucking wretched hive of scum and villainy. Just perfect. Just give me the D&D descriptions, little tiny bits. You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm going on a bit of a ramble here. I thought Star-Lord's great. The fact that he's just this kind of wannabe hero. After we'd seen so many superhero films, it's kind of a sci-fi thing, but it's kind of a fun adventure. It totally expanded. I don't know if we would have, I don't know if we would have without the success of Guardians, the how good Avengers Infinity War and, and Endgame turned out to be. And I think Pratt and his role as Star-Lord and getting the kind of proper comedy guy coming off Parks and Rec is a huge part of that. But look, let's get into the actual four C's, right? Charm. Come on. Don't even give me that shit. Klein, he's a nice guy. You're a nice guy. But that doesn't cut it when it's the Chris of the Titans, right? It's not going to cut it, right? You seem like a nice guy. But Pratt, the fact that this chap, he's just so charming. He's great on the UK TV shows. He's great on Graham Norton. You know, he has the chat down. That's very endearing to me personally. That's why I give Pratt, in terms of charm, the big LV characters sorry about this oz you got oz and the chap from election pratt you got star lord lego lad che as well from the oc summer's boyfriend from the oc uh andy dwyer right you're also going to be isn't he going to be fucking indiana jones isn't he gonna you know it's pratt all the way comedy is pratt right it's pratt just watch the parks and rec outtakes that's all i'm going to say just watch them outtakes watch them outtakes all you need also just the fact that I mean, Ronan the Accuser in Guardians of the Galaxy is the worst villain they've ever put in. You don't give a shit about him. He's up there with, I don't know, uh, Mickey Rourke as, you know, fucking, what was his name? Your man, the fucking Whiplash or whatever his name was. Um, Ronan the Accuser. So the fact that, so I didn't, so I like the fact that Pratt, literally like Star-Lord, he beats him by doing a little dance. It was so unexpected, so I can't believe what I'm fucking watching here. And also, I will say this, I do think Guardians, unfortunately, influenced Star Wars badly, right? It set this trend, it set set this new Disney comedy standard that I think sometimes goes a little bit too far, right? And even included in the Marvel movies. It, It set off the tone it set off the whole space stuff spectacularly for the rest of the, the you know the Avengers flicks, right? The Marvel flicks. But unfortunately, it did kind of set a precedent that there can be a joke at any time. It did mean some really good laughs, and you know, and the fact that Endgame actually has some of the biggest laughs in the in the series, you know, they get it right. But things like Star Wars, where it's like, you know, Poe Dameron showing up at a star destroyer, and he's like, hey, you know. Uh, and he says, like, Donald Gleeson, you know, you're on hold and stuff. Just stupid jokes like that. I just feel Guardians, unfortunately, is not to blame, but was a huge influence on. Um, and Chest, 
look, maybe Klein at one point in his life, but I prefer Pratt's chest. That's and uh, if you need any reference for that, to check out the prison scene in Guardians of the Galaxy. Chris Pratt will be competing <gasps> against Chris Evan. No, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Pratt versus Chris Hemsworth in the semis. One of these Pratts is not making it into the final. Very exciting times. Okay. Next up, we have Chris Evans, Captain America, right? Let's also not forget this, pla- this, this the chap played Johnny Storm, right? See, that's just, that's how likable Chris Evans is. This fact, this, this fact, <laughs> this fact cunt gets two, um, the fact that this guy gets two chances at a Marvel superhero. How many, how many can say that? This guy played Johnny Storm, the Human Torch in Fantastic Four, right? And then was able to get Captain America. That just shows this fella is, even a shit flick like Fantastic Four, two of them, right? Is not going to take away from the fact that this guy can still be the Marvel leader, Marvel frontrunner. He is that good. I will say a quick thing about that Fantastic Four flick, right? Jessica Alba in that flick, right? She, she looks physically... She looks physically uncomfortable with how much they've done to try and make her look like a pale-skinned, uh, blonde, blue-eyed woman, Sue Storm, right? She, like, literally, the, her eyes, the, the contact lenses look, look look uncomfortable. Her hair is just a completely ridiculous shade. Like, she's meant to be, like, the same uh, ethnicity as uh, Ian Grufford, the big fucking Welsh head on him, as, as Mr. Fantastic. Um, like, I don't even know what ethnicity she she identifies as um i think she's got like danish and french and english on like her mother's side and i think she's got like her dad's uh, mexican um but she looks visibly uncomfortable like literally like her eyes look like they're about to fucking pop with these fucking contact lenses but this was back then at the time when i was like we can't fucking mess it up we can't ever have like you know a black captain america or you know or even a black you know nick fury you know uh even though that was something that they didn't necessarily come up with in the film, Mark Miller's The Ultimates was where that came from. And also he drew, he was drawn like Samuel L. Jackson even then, you know, so it was literally just like taking it off the page. But it was just like to have to make Jessica Alba just, she just looks visibly uncomfortable being that, being forced to look that Aryan. Um, but back then you couldn't fuck with the fans. It was like, we got to give them exactly what they want. Sue Storm looks like that. Well, we're going to get, Jessica Alba, who's obviously smoking, and we're going to have her, you know. But, like, Sue Storm's, like, a thin-lipped, you know. She doesn't have any of those features, you know. She's quite sharp in her features, you know. Um, but they're like, no, we can't disappoint the fans. We need to give them the hottest, the hottest bird going and make her look as close to the comic as possible, you know. Um, and then, you like, you cut to a couple of years later and Iron Man 3. Iron Man's arch nemesis at one point, the, the Mandarin, this conjurer of magic, right? Played by Ben Kingsley in the flick. Turns out to be like a fake viral uh, terrorist guy. Like a genius. Genius moves. But, you know, they, they just think about how, how, how far they could actually change it, you know? And all the kind of twists that you expect, you know? The vulture is, you know, Peter Parker's uh, date's dad, you know? They can just fucking mess with that shit. It's great. Do it like that. That's what happens when you have to completely go by this rule book, you know? Anyway, sure. What am I talking about? Who am I even talking about now? Chris Pratt? Who am I talking about now? Chris Evans, right? <laughs> um, I did actually want to see Mr. Fantastic, Ian Grifford, right? Um, when I was at Stag in London, we were at the, go- the golfing range, or the um, driving range, and um, he was there, and we just kept fucking doing 
we kept being like, well, you know, when I was Mr. Fantastic, you know, I, I used to stretch my arm around and, uh, and it was fantastic, you see, and I was fantastic and we used to tip uh, Jessica Alba on the shoulder, you know, she'd turn around and I'd run away. Oh, like, can I have uh, some golf balls there? I am absolutely fantastic. Can I have four uh, golf balls there? Uh, and I tell you, when you, when, you, when, you, when you see how fantastic my drive is, I'll be shouting four, you know. And, and uh, we, just, we milked it. We milked that material to death. Um, so Chris Evans is a guy who got a second chance. I first saw Chris Evans in this god-awful show, uh, extremely dated and now most likely very problematic show, uh, Opposite Sex which was about three lads who enroll in a ladies-only college. Um, and he's funny in it, you know? I mean, if you watch the clips of him in, on, on Facebook, or on Facebook, Jesus Christ, on YouTube, um, it's, um, he's very, it's, it's funny, but all the kind of gags are, are very dated and, and, and kind of problematic. He's very similar to Charlie Hunnam's character in uh, that Judd Apatow show, Undeclared, which is also a very underappreciated show. But I was most fond of him as the lead, and I thought he was very funny in Not Another Teen Movie. I think he's hilarious in Not Another Teen Movie. Not Another Teen Movie, unfortunately, gets lumped in with all them big red font uh, parody flicks like date movie, superhero movie, movie, ma'am, Meet the Spartans. But Not Another Teen Movie is, you know, it gets lumped in with that shit, but it's actually good. It's genuinely funny, and not just because of the, like, just because of the gags, you know, but not just because... See, that's when you lose it, right? I remember I heard Seth Rogen had something written on... Seth Rogen and, is it, uh, Evan Goldberg, you know, his writing partner, they have hung up on the wall, like, a poster that says, you know, um, emotion over reference or something like that. It's some kind of thing that's been like, you can you can have some references, but the joke can't be a reference because that will date, but the emotion won't date. You know what I mean? That's why you have the episodes of some of The Simpsons will never age, like those seasons from three you know, to 10, have really good emotion and really good kind of like fucking Homer, do it for her, comes home, you know, has all the Maggie pictures up in his thing. You're, don't forget you're here forever. Um, and all the kind of stuff with him and Marge and the relationship things. The emotion is what works. It doesn't, that's why Family Guy is not going to live on, right? Simpsons will because of the emotion. But it also has really funny John Hughes references, like from the actual 80s flicks. And the soundtrack to this film is incredible. It's all 80s bangers. You might remember the Marilyn Manson Tainted Love um, which actually had the lead actress, what was her name? Shirler, Shiler, Shiler Lee, um, as an absolute ride of a goth in that, in that, uh, in that, in that. I'm being, I'm being quite, I'm being quite fucking machismo here. I don't know if, you know, she's a hot, she's hot, she's hot in the thing. Anyway, quality cover of Blue Monday and Bizarre Love Triangle as well by New Order. It's on that. All 80s bangers. Muse do a cover of Please, 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 Let Me Get What I Want. Um, it's great. It's a great flick. Um, and I love him in Captain America. Look, I love him in Captain America. You know, he's absolute dampy in uh, in Infinity War because of the beard. Um, and I would actually say that Winter Soldier is probably my favorite Captain America. But maybe, likely in my top five. I think it's a fucking sensational flick. I love when the Rooster Brothers just coming in like that and be like, no, we just need to do a different type of film. Superheroes kind of been done to death. What can we do with Captain America? How can, how can we do a spin on this whole freedom? And it's freedom of information, you know? And it's this whole, <clears throat> like, fucking espionage thriller, you know? Like, what do we do with the comic book films? You know, we don't fucking know. We just do something like this, a total spin on it. This is what, you know, this was the closest, I think, to, like, not, it was nothing like Joker, right? 
Todd Phillips as Joker, but it was the closest thing to kind of doing completely. Nah, that's some fucking pulling that out of my arse. I like the fact that I like when people do things that are. I like seeing franchises. I want to see more sequels that change the the genre of the previous flick. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden the sequel is a western, or the sequel is a horror film, or the sequel is just a romantic comedy with the same characters. I think that would be very exciting to see. Um, but Chris Evans, right? I love him. This was the guy I was fighting for when I said, who's better, Chris Evans or Chris Pine? My wife was saying Chris Pine, right? I couldn't handle the way she was arguing because she was winning. And I I attacked her character. <laughs> and then we both got... In a, anyway, I've talked about it. But So he was. I was fighting for him because I love him in not under teen movie and the rest, as I just said. Here he is against Chris Tucker. And come on. Like this, this was not expected. This was a competition to showcase the four Hollywood leading men recently, you know, in the last 10 years. These are lads who are also very similar in age, right? Um, you know, they get confused for each other sometimes. So this was going to, so, so Chris Tucker is like, I haven't seen him in a while, but he was fucking class. He was incredible. He was great in Rush Hour. I mean, to, to have an entire franchise based around someone screaming and reacting around what Jackie Chan can do is incredible. And he's, he's more to it than that. This is a guy, Chris Tucker is there's only two people, to, you know, who can literally make me laugh just with their eyeballs, right? One is Tim Heidecker and the other is Chris Tucker. His reaction when he gets fucking kicked in the head, which one of y'all kick me? You know, his reaction to, you know, fucking running in fear in Friday, his, uh, you know, just reaction to fucking Jackie Chan moving really fast. His outtakes, also some of the best outtakes, up there with Chris Pratt's outtakes, you know. And also one of my favorite performances of his was in, uh, <laughs> also similarly, it was it was Marlon Brando's final role, Michael Jackson's You Rock My World video, right? This tune. I don't know where we stand on Michael Jackson, right? Because he's a pedophile. Because he is a confirmed, more or less, pedophile. You know what I mean? But it's kind of like, you know... Still listen, you know. I see a wedding, you know. Don't blame it on the sunshine. Everyone's dancing. Like he's a pedophile, you know. You wouldn't have fucking, you want to be in my gang, my gang, my gang. Gary Glitter. You wouldn't see that. But Gary Glitter is, this is what this is. You can be a pedo if. Or no, no, hang on. Let me fucking, no. Um, my, Michael Jackson's songs would be more difficult to, you know, release from our collective enjoyment right to to let to let them die that would be very difficult for a lot of people to do gary glitter had two only two bangers right that and uh, rock and roll hey which um the incels tried to bring back from uh, the joker flick anyway sure um you rock my world to be honest if we if we're if we're if we can talk critically about michael jackson's which in the spirit of the last podcast about the tarot, we should disconnect the art from the person. Ah, no, should we? I don't fucking know. Anyway, I'm not getting to that. He's a pedo. But in terms of his songs, uh, I actually think You Rock My World is in his top ten, which is a fucking stacked top ten. I think it's up there with Man in the Mirror. Nah, it's fucking not. It doesn't fucking hold a candle to Man in the Mirror. But um, I think I think You Rock My World is a banging tune. I think it belongs on the Mount Rushmore of um, Michael Jackson bangers. And also, the actual album track has this noise that Chris Tucker does, right? Where he's... Basically, the video is like he's trying to chat up this mob's wife or something. Mob mob boss's wife in the video. Marlon Brando's the boss. Chris Tucker's like his mate. Um, and, uh, and 
Chris Tucker makes this kind of horny noise to kind of be like, you know, that girl's fine, right? Um, and he has his key. My brother and I used to play it on repeat. My brother fucking loves this album. My brother loves Michael Michael Jackson's Invincible, right? He would argue that there's a tune on it called 2000 Watts. That's one of his best tunes, right? I'm not fucking even getting into that, right? But um, this tune, this this fucking noise that he makes. Oh, man. And as well, Michael Jackson is kind of real timidly like, she is banging. <laughs> she looks really good. <laughs> and she knows she's fine too. She is banging. Oh, she's off the hook. She looks good. <laughs> You're right. Like he's a child. The man's a child. He's a pedophile, he's a pedophile child. Um, Chris Chris Tucker, unfortunately, um, and look, it might happen. It might happen, right? You might confuse Chris Tucker for Chris Rock. It might happen. It might happen once. Has it ever happened? No. Did you ever get that feeling? Where you accidentally say Chris Rock and you're like, oh my God, I'm a fucking piece of shit. I'm a racist piece of shit. Like, if if you're talking about like facial dysmorphia, they couldn't actually look further from each other. But they're both comedians, right? Unfortunately, you know, in terms of com- black comedians that have made it over to the mainstream and underrepresented area. So for us in Ireland, we'd probably be like, well, we all, you know, Eddie Murphy hasn't done that in a while. We know Chris Rock. We know Chris Tucker. You know, I used to con- confuse Brad Pitt for Tom Cruise quite a lot. I thought they were. Con- I know, I know, they couldn't be fucking further from each other now, right? But you ever did that, or did you ever made this that? Like, oh yeah, I love Rush Hour. I tell you, on it, I think you couldn't find a better pair than Jackie Chan and uh, Chris Rock, and woo, 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 fucking Minority Report lads just fucking crash through the fucking s- sky <laughs> with with those uh, with the. The Twitter insignia on their arm because you've just been cancelled. You've just been cancelled IRL. Pre-cancelled, right? The Department of Pre-Cancellation, you're done. I'm not, I don't mean to be making light of it, you know, but, um, you know, that fear, the, the fear of, of mixing up um, two people, uh, whatever, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. But um, I know people who are terrible for the whole facial dysmorphia, you know. People are like, oh, my God, like, uh, I love um, I love John Cusack. Uh, I think he's the best as the new Hulk. And you're like, are you fucking serious? Like, he doesn't look am like Mark Ruffalo. You know, um, but look, I think I think you know they're both comedians. I'm not fucking talking about it anymore, but oh, you know, woo, just keep it in mind, right? So Chris Evans versus Chris Tucker. Okay, we're breaking off the four C's here. Charm. I gotta give it to Tucker, man. I gotta give it to Tucker. He is, he's a more charming guy. I I'd like to talk to him more. At the, he, he, you know, I'm immediately endeared to him quicker. Um. And I think if there was to be a charm hole left in the world by removing one of them, there would be a bigger hole in Chris Tucker. Characters, you got to give it to Evs. I'm sorry, Tuck. You know I love you. You know you're my baby. But you are not Captain America. You are not your man from uh, uh, fucking Not Another Teen Movie. You are not your man from Knives Out. You are not your man. I mean, he doesn't have the best repertoire, you know. You are not your man from Opposite Sex, that show. You're your man from... Uh, Friday, Silver Linings Playbook, and of course Rush Hour, and of course Celtic. Um, so that's one all. Okay, comedy. I gotta give it to Tucker. Tucker's a funnier guy. He's a very very funny guy. As I said, make me la- laugh with just his eyes. I mean, I suppose, and I think I'm probably highlighting here. I don't know much about Chris Tucker. I know him in you know two flicks, and I haven't seen either in a long time. You know, I'm acting like I fucking. Nah, you fucking talk, don't fucking talk about Chris Tucker. I'll fucking lay it on you. You know, but um. He would win, obviously. He's a professional comedian. He's very funny. 
is much funnier. If you're looking at the, the, the comedy hole left by one of them dying, it's a bigger hole left by Chris Tucker. Um, chest. Okay, Evs. You got to give it to Evs. You got to give it to Evs. He, he really bulked up. He doesn't seem to like it. I've seen him talk on YouTube about how he doesn't like bulking up. He doesn't like bulking up for Captain America. I think that's the main part. He didn't want to do, you know, more of them because literally he says that you're just eating so much food. He hates eating so much food, right? Brandy doesn't have the appetite for it. But i got to give it to him. He's got better chest than Chris Tucker. Now, because we're even, I have to go into the fifth sea, okay? The Adriatic, okay? I need to go into the fifth C here and use my fifth category to to break up this tie. You might even call this a tiebreaker, is this fifth C. And the fifth C and the fifth category is come. Who do I fancy more? And at the end of the day, and this is nothing, to, you know, he's a younger guy, Chris Evans. Um, Chris Tucker, I'm not attracted to, right? I'm not attracted to the guy. I like the look of his chest. Look, look, Infinity War beard, Infinity War beard. you got to give the come to Evs. Congratulations, Chris Evans. You have beaten Chris Tucker, and you are through to the semifinals in the Chris of the Titans. Okay, next up. This is a tough one, right? This is a tough one. I Again, it's a tough one. Like, I was not expecting this guy to show up in the Battle of the Chrises. Chris Bale. Christian Bale is who I'm talking about. What was supposed to be a fairly altruistic way to, I feel like I'm thesaurus boy here. Got to, Oh, this better not be a new complex that I have. <laughs> guess what? You got yourself a new complex. Hey, guess what? You just get a new hip-hop magazine because you got a fucking complex about saying, th- about overly, about fucking trying to use too many fucking fancy. What? So now, so hang on now. I've got a complex about sounding dumb. And now I'm going to have a complex about saying a word that seems like I fucking was rinsing through a thesaurus to try and find the new... Right, hang on. We're not having this. We're stifling this out now. We're stomping that out now, right? Me flexing fancy words I'm not having a complex about. Anyway, what was supposed to be... What was supposed to be a fairly... I'm not... You can't even say altruistic again. What was supposed to be a fairly innocent way to platform four men who desperately needed it. The four leading men in Hollywood. Not so much Chris Pine anymore. Um, I wanted to put a bit of competition in it, and I threw in a couple of wild cards. We almost had an upset just now with Chris Tucker beating Chris Evans. Now, this is going to be very interesting, because this is Chris Bale. This is Chris fucking Bale, okay? Like, what can you say? The guy's Patrick Batman, right? Those two things alone, American Psycho and Batman. And I and, and also, like, apparently he, uh, he had that Batman voice. Apparently it's Batman. Swear to me. Where did he go? He had that from day one. And I thought that was a big swing and and a strike, in my opinion, for for delivering that voice. People fucking slag the voice all the time. Like, Swear to me. Harvey, you know, you know. Um I dig it. I think it's good, because he would, you know. Obviously we're we're all we're all on the, the Batman animated animated series vibe, you know, the the Kevin Conroy voice of Batman, which you know, a lot of people say is the greatest voice of Batman. Also did the same for the comics. It's a good Bruce Wayne. It's a good Batman. There's not much in the difference there. So I understand. He's like, this guy's a fucking, you know, we're we're grounding this. Christopher Nolan is grounding this in a real world now. We got to make some kind of things to make it a little bit different. And in reality, people will be like, hang on, you sound like a lot. How would you be able to afford all this stuff, right? 
but at least you don't sound like the richest guy who would be able to afford all this stuff because you're all going to do Airbnb, you know. Um, speaking of which, R.I.P. Joel Schumacher. R.I.P. Joel, director of Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Also was meant to be directing the next flick. The only director I've ever seen or anyone involved in comics who publicly apologized for some of the decisions that he made in, in his Batman movies. For uh, literally apologized for having uh, leather nipples in Batman and Robin, you know, um, which I got to hand it to Joel. I will. I've said it before on, on the podcast. Batman Forever is my favorite Batman film of all time. Not the best. Not the best, but Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever. I love it. For whatever time, reason, 95 it came out, would have been, whatever, 8. Going to see it in the cinema. Love Batman. Love the animated show. So it would have been like, oh my god, this is Batman. I'm just loving it, because it's just Batman, you know? But then you rewatch it now, and it's like, this is insane. Is is It's just such insane decisions. Like, the Riddler and Two-Face are so insane Joel Schumacher clearly doesn't know anything about them being like, just be the fucking Joker again. Let's have the Joker. Val Kilmer is the worst Batman ever. He is the worst Batman. He, like, doesn't give a shit about anyone, comfortably gives up being Batman because he falls in love with Nicole Kidman. Um, also, I mean, it's no, it's, no, it's no surprise how shit of a Batman he is considering Joel Schumacher literally went around Variety magazine coloring in the top halves of actors' faces until he found the right chin and hired uh, Kilmer as, as Batman. Chris O'Donnell seems to have some weird relationship with Alfred, trying to fuck him, trying to seduce him in it as Robin. So I love it. I think it's great. I think it's a really interesting, weird, bold choices, and none of it lands. I think it's great. Um, I think it's spectacular. I, I, think, I, I think I do much prefer films that I don't think are good than films I do think are good um, and Christian Bale is probably the best Bruce Wayne I like Ben Affleck as a but but Christian Bale is the best Bruce Wayne in my opinion um, and I, I think he's better than Michael Keaton I think he's better than Michael Keaton I love I what I love about him is the relationship he has with Alfred a lot of Batman in the comics and the and the the TV show and the games is spent kind of like the post-mortem of the night before of Batman kind of an, an analyzing his defeat and trying to get one one up and looking at the back computer trying to analyze stuff. That's some of the best stuff that's in the Christopher Nolan Batman's is him as Bruce Wayne, like just like the detective. He really gets the detective of trying to analyze exactly how this has been fucked up, doing all the kind of tests with the bullets in Dark Knight with all that stuff. I love all that, and I think he, so. I think he's the best. When he wears the bat suit now, I'm like that. Fuck, I don't know. I'm not mad on it now. I think actually. I think uh, Michael Keaton, Batman Returns, is my favorite Batsuit. Possibly. Possibly. Look, what do I know? All I'm saying here, Christian Bale, he's got it all. He's got it all. And, he's, you know, then he can do, he's fucking incredible in uh, Vice as Dick Cheney. He's incredible in that other one, uh, The Big Short. Like, just like just takes these big decisions on characters. And he even commits to something stupid, like a Terminator flick, which he did. And then fucking lost it at the guy. You know, Am I going to walk around with your fucking lights down in the middle of the scene? Why the fuck are you walking around like this in the background? What the fuck is it with you? I fucking, you know. Do you not think it's distracting walking up behind Bryce in the middle of the fucking scene? What don't you get? Give me a fucking answer, you know. I was just looking at the light. Well, well, good for you. How was it? Well, it's useless now, isn't it? McGee, what do you think of this guy? I didn't see it happen. Love that. I love it. Also, the fact this lad is apparently from Wales. I just love it. This guy goes deep, but he is unlikable, in my opinion. You know, I think he's. I think he goes so deep. 
that he completely comes out, you know, he's kind of like Richard Hammond got involved in a very bad car crash, right? You might remember Richard Hammond almost died. Like he was in like a rocket powered car that literally rocketed underground, mashing his face into the ground. And I remember he gave like an interview. He recovered with just like a concussion. But I remember he gave an interview on Jonathan Ross and it literally was like his soul had left his body. Like the wrong, the wrong Richard came back, you know? And then he he said after that that he didn't remember doing anything, you know? He didn't even remember being on the show. But he came back and he's like, oh yeah, good, good, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, just, well, just lucky to be alive and my wife has been very good and like literally like, you should watch it. Um, The wrong, the wrong boy came back. Bale's got a similar thing, except he never lost it. He just never had it, never wanted it. I feel like, I'm not having a go. I'm not calling the guy soulless, right? But I feel like he he finds himself elsewhere. It's not a good, I think I just wanted to bring up the Richard Hammond thing. It's not similar at all. But um, he's got an air about him, something scary, right? Which is cool. But um, kind of like Ed Harris, you know? It's like, take a fucking chill out. Do you know what I mean? Just fucking chill the fuck out, you know? Um... And he gives one of my favorite performances in The Prestige, right? More movies about magicians in the 1890s. That's what I say. I think he's great in it. And he has the the, the diversity. But when it comes to the four C's, is he going to be able to deliver? Now, Chris Pine was my wife's choice of better Chris than Chris Evans, right? I don't know if he wins the Battle of the Chris's, and I'm a big fan of Chris Pine. I think he's hilarious. And also, he's good with the UK chat. Went to university in Leeds. You know what I mean? You hear stuff like that. If an American gets a kind of glimpse of that, you're like, right, they, they actually probably will be good for the chat in the snug. Do you know what I mean? They probably get it, you know. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, apart from Star Trek and uh, and Wet Hot American Summer, there's not much. Hang on, let's have a look at his IMDb here. Um, Smoke and Aces, he was good in that. Yeah, he was very good in that. Um, he was great in, where is it? Hell or high water, he's fucking unreal. It he's he's fucking whoppering that. Um, he's got an unbelievable mustache. I know we should stop focusing on people's facial hair, but he's really good in that. Um, what else we got here? Into darkness. I mean, he's good in the other ones. Like he's good, you know. He's good. He's good in them. What did he have before Star Trek? What would we have known him? Just my luck. What was that? Oh yeah, like when she swaps. Was it like Freaky Friday or something like that? With. Lindsay Lohan and Chris Pine and they swap lives. Look, I'm not finding a lot here. I thought this would be... I didn't see Horrible Bosses 2. Um, we're not really working with much here, Chris Pine. Uh, how did my wife convince me that he was better than Chris Evans? She's very fucking good at that sort of stuff. You, uh, Us Weekly called him the new Harrison Ford. I mean, he's great in Star Trek. But, I mean, uh, you know, that's as much as... He went to the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts. Let's see here. He auditioned for the role of Jack Sully in Avatar, which would have been fucking whopper. He lost to Sam Worthington. He said it was the worst audition he's ever done. Um, how do you do worse than Sam Worthington? Not having a go with Sam Worthington, but how do you do worse than Sam Worthington? That would have been such a better flick with him in that. And that's saying something. The film is perfect, almost. He also would have looked. What would he have looked like as as an avatar? Um, Wonder Woman, yeah, and he's likable in it. He's funny in it, you know. He um, he um, he was in. Uh, he won the Critics Circle Award for Lieutenant of Inishmore. Look, he's not born on the same day as Macaulay Culkin. Um, wow, I can. Am I missing something here? What am I missing here? Am I missing something about Chris Pine? 
is there something fucking is there something else is there like is there like a harry potter franchise or something he was involved in i feel like i feel like fucking i sorry i'm gonna be swearing so much i feel like um the Mandela effect has just happened, but the opposite. I feel like I'm forgetting something massive that Chris Pine was in, aside from, um, like aside from Star Trek. What? What am I missing here? What are like big? Because he's not that. That he's he's not even in league. He's barely in league with Chris Klein, with Chris Carmack. What am I missing here? Look, I well look well. At the end of the day, it doesn't come down just to that and the characters. That's one part. Um. Well, look, let's do it. Charm. It's Chris Pine. Chris Pine gets Chris, Chris Pine gets charm over Christian Bale. Chris Christian Bale can't even do charm as um not that he's particularly charming as Bruce Wayne, you know. He does there's a few little kind of comedy bits, smiley bits where you're like, you know, where he pretends to be drunker than he is and he's like, I'm gonna buy the place and stuff like that and buys the the, the hotel. But when it comes to charm, I gotta give it a pint. He's good chap. He would be good chatting a snug. Characters, it is Bale. Chris Bale by a fucking country mile. This, I am so surprised that um, Chris Pine. I'm very disappointed in you, Chris Pine. Comedy, it's got to be Pine. Right. Very interesting. It's got to be Pine. Um, Pine delivers some, you know, he has that kind of, I can see why he was called the new Harrison Ford because he kind of gets that I'm in way over my head. I've been hit when he runs around and it's like face is something is swelling up in Star Trek or his hand and he's getting bigger. Hilarious. And he's really good in it, you know, um, and very kind of brash and cool and assertive, but also quite funny. Um, you know, he's not a guy I'd kind of I, I'd, I'd put as my physique. I uh, put he's not a guy I would, you know, put in the big chess box. We've seen Bale's chest, right? We've seen what he was able to do, put the muscle on for Batman, you know? Um, and having to be, been able to do that from the from literally having done the machinist, I got to give chest to Bale, which means one for Pine, one for Bale, charm for Pine, characters for Bale, comedy for Pine, chest for Bale, which means come. Who, who will come? Who, uh, who will, who would I, who, um, at the end of the day, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Even I need a, I need a, you know, it would probably be Chris Pine. He's a hotter guy, right? He's a hotter guy, and he seems like well, better crack, and I probably got to ride with him, right? I don't want to ride with anyone, you know what I mean? I'm a straight guy, but I can't, I can't have Chris Christian Bale. Having realized now, the characters has to count. Do you know what actually? We're not even including coming here. We're giving double for the characters here, and Christian Bale's going through. I am very disappointed in you, Chris Pine. I am very disappointed. Um, my peer, my acting peer, Chris Pine. Well, wow, that is very interesting. What is going to be the semi-final? Okay, we're going to have Chris Hemsworth versus Chris Pratt, and Chris Tucker versus Christian Bale in the Battle of the Chrises, Chris of the Titans. In what was actually supposed, genuinely was supposed to be this episode, but I've chided on for too long. So I'm probably going to have to go back. If, you, if at the start of this episode you heard me say this is a two-parter, parter, Carter, it's uh, because I've edited this. This was meant to be a one-shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. Uh, but I've been chiding on for so long, I cannot have a three-hour episode of me breaking down eight individual Chris's. So if you want to hear that, don't worry. I'm not going to put it behind a paywall. It'll be on next week's episode of Tony Campbell Shit Show of a Tuesday. And in between now and then, I'll also give you my update on what a, li- what a life is like out on the pints. 
in the post-corona world. We'll have pint chat and me finishing off who are the best Chris. This is what a fucking life on Tony Cantwell's shit show.